Hello and welcome to the court jester, back after a long break. This has been the worst flu of my life and you can probably hear in my voice that it's not over yet. So now you know why you haven't had your regular supply of medieval absurdity over the last month. Today we're doing something different because it's Christmas and Christmas is the time for ghost stories. No, not the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. The ghosts of the bleak midwinter, of the short freezing nights when evil things are afoot. That's right, Halloween is nothing compared to the darkest night of the year. So today, I bring you a story from the 14th century Icelandic saga of Grettir the Strong. Now, if we want to be completely accurate, we'll have to say that the saga was recorded in the 14th century, but it is much older, drawing from different sources and including all the stuff of legend and folklore that we know and love. And everything happens on Christmas Eve. So grab your beverage of choice and let me take you to medieval Iceland. Our hero is Grettir, and it's the time when Christianity in Iceland is still young. Grettir was a difficult child, and growing up he didn't get any better. His words and deeds made it too easy for people to get mad at him, and by the time our story starts he's been exiled twice. Once from Iceland to a ship, and once from Norway back to Iceland. All this time he had the chance to build friendships, prove himself as a warrior, and engage in some casual tomb-raiding, as you do, but he was still a bit too keen to kill people. Despite that, he had built a reputation, so when he returned in Iceland he was welcomed more warmly than he expected. At the time when our story begins, we find him doing fairly well, which was a welcomed break for him. He was being social, He was making up with old rivals, he was visiting old friends, and in one of those visits to one of those old friends, he heard about what was happening in Thorholstead. I hope you will forgive the way I pronounce the names here, my Norse is worse than bad, but I won't let that stop me. So, what was happening in Thorholstead? It was a haunting. Thorhallur was a farmer who was wealthy and respectable, and he lived in Thorholstead. He had a problem finding people to work for him, though, because his farm had been haunted for years, and nobody would stay along with such an evil afoot as they were trying to do their day job. So the problem had been going on for years, but things got considerably worse two years ago, when Thorhallur hired a person who had just arrived from Sweden. Word was already out that his farm was haunted and no one wanted to work for him, so... Thorhallur had to find a person that had not been local. And he found that person in the face of a visitor who had just arrived from Sweden. His name was Glamr. Nobody knew anything about him, but nobody liked him anyway. He was rude and annoying, but he was also big and strong and definitely fit to do the job, not to mention willing. So despite his eerie appearance, his dark, wide eyes and his wolf-grey hair... Thorhallur offered him the job and Glamour accepted. He said that he was not afraid of ghosts. It might even make the job a bit less boring. So they both left and went to live at the farm. Over the following weeks, Glamour showed up when he needed to, he did what he had to do, and he generally seemed not to care about whatever 
ghosts his predecessors and other shepherds were talking about. There was, however, a problem with his manners. He was rude and uncivilized, and on top of that he refused to go to church. So people in the farm liked his work, but didn't like him, not one bit. And this is how we get to Christmas Eve. Glamour woke up and called for food before he went out for the day's work. And the farmer's wife told him that it's the day before Christmas. So it's a day of fasting. So none of them would eat. What superstition is this? shouted Glamour. I know no Christmas, and besides, nobody's better off now that they're Christian than before when they were not Christian. And on top of all that, I'm hungry, so I will have no discussion. Give me the food. Only evil will come of this, said the woman, but Glamour was big and strong, and she really didn't want to push him way too much, so she gave him the food, he ate, and left the farm in his usual foul mood. Now this was midwinter in Iceland, so as you can expect it was a dark, stormy day, and the storm was getting stronger and stronger still, and people could hear Glamour's voice during the day, but he didn't return to the farm at night. He wasn't back after everyone got back from church either, and people started thinking that perhaps they should go out and search for him. But the storm was now a blizzard, and they thought it best to wait until the morning. So on Christmas Day, a search party went out. First, they found sheep, and they found them everywhere. They had gotten lost in the blizzard, and some of them ended up up in the mountains, and they also found signs of a fight. Close to the fight, they found glamour, or rather, glamour's body, dead swollen and blue. They also found blooded tracks leaving his body, which suggested that whatever killed him must be dead too, so everyone thought that Glamour probably ran into that evil that haunted the farm, and although he lost his life, he took care of that problem as well, so at least his death was not in vain. They tried to get Glamour's body back to the farm, but he was too heavy, so they returned the following day with horses, but not even horses could move him, so they returned the next day with a priest, but when they got there, the body was gone. He must be covered with snow, they said, and gave up. They laid a pile of stone where he used to lay, and hoped he was put to rest. He wasn't. Soon shepherds started seeing him on the farm, hear him on the rooftops, and then they realized that they just swapped one evil for another. That spring, Thorhallur again went looking for workers for his farm, and again found a very powerful man, one named Thorgaut, who was said to have the strength of two men. Like Glamour before him, he boasted that he is not afraid of little ghosts, and like Glamour, he took over the sheep when winter came. Thorgaut was a capable shepherd, and unlike Glamour, he got along well with everyone. Even Glamour's sightings didn't bother him. He said that they were entertaining, and teased Thor and Hallur for being too cautious. Soon... It was Christmas Eve again. Well, I hope we won't have the same as last year, said Thornhaller's wife that morning. Thorngout reassured her that there's nothing to fear, and he went out to tend to his sheep. But by half day he had not returned, and he was not back in time for church. And Thornhaller tried to muster a search party, but no one was keen to risk the trolls in the darkness. He wasn't back by Christmas morning. And after people had eaten, they went out to look for him. 
Now, this time they knew where to look, so they went straight to where Glamr had made a lair. And there Thorgalt's body was. Neck broken, bones broken, very much dead. Not wanting to make the same mistakes, they quickly took the body back to a churchyard and buried him in sacred ground. From that point on, no one felt safe at Thornholstead. Glamour became more aggressive and shepherds started leaving one by one. When the last of them was trampled by a herd of cows that seemed possessed, Thornhaller and his family fled too, leaving behind all their animals to be killed by Glamour. But in spring, to everyone's surprise, Thornhaller and his family went back again. The argument was that Glamour was less active when the sun was high, the days were long and light. But then an early winter came, and with it, more hauntings. This time, it was Thornhaller's daughter that was killed, and the farmer again abandoned his home. The news spread across the land, and this is when they reach our hero, Grettir, who heard his story when he was visiting his friend. Now, Grettir wanted to test his strength, and we know him already to have been quick to anger and quick to fight. When everyone else saw danger, he saw an adventure. You're pushing your luck, his friend said, but Grettir wasn't listening because he was already on his way to Thornholstead to kill the monster Glamour. The farmer, Thornhuller, was happy to see him, but warned him that he should not stay in the farm because it's too dangerous, he said, and everyone who lived there died a horrible death. But Grettir insisted to stay, so he stayed. And on the first night, nothing happened. The farmer was very pleased because usually at night they could hear Glamour on their roofs, so not hearing him was an improvement. The second night, nothing happened. But in the morning, they went outside to find that Grettir's horse was dead. Something had dragged it out of the stables and all its bones were broken. The farmer again asked Grettir to leave because it will only get worse now, we've seen this before, but Grettir refused. The third night came and Grettir slept on the floor, wearing all his clothes and wrapped in a cloak that only left his eyes uncovered so that he could see. Late that night, Glamour came. Grettir heard him bang against the walls, ride the rooftop and coming towards the door and he braced himself. Glarm had to bend in two to enter and then he stretched up and his height reached up to the roof beam. Grettir saw this but didn't move a muscle. Glamour looked around and wondered, what is this wrapped thing on the floor? And tried to pick Grettir up, and Grettir braced again. And Glamour pulled at the cloak once, twice, and at the third pull he was left holding a piece of cloak, and Grettir was on his feet. Taking advantage of the monster's surprise, Grettir tried to wrestle him to the ground, but Glamour was a bit too strong for that, so Grettir realised that he will have to not be strong, but be smart in this case. And when Glamour pulled again... Grettir pushed towards the same direction. Glamour wasn't expecting to fight no resistance, let alone being pushed towards where he was pulling. So the two of them went crashing through the door and brought the room down behind them. Now Grettir was on top of Glamour under the light of the cold winter moon, and the moonlight fell on Glamour's face. Grettir would say afterwards that this face was the only thing to ever scare him in his life. So evil was his stare... Grettir's strength left from his body and he just stayed there between life and death and listened as Glamour spoke his final words. You have been very determined to meet me, Grettir, he said, but it will be no surprise to you 
that you will not get much luck from me. I will tell you this. You are now half as strong as you would have been had you never met me. I cannot take away what you already have, but I will make sure that you will never be any stronger than you are now. And yet, you still are strong enough. Up until now, your deeds have brought you fame, but from now on, you will be an outlaw, and slaughter will come your way, and most of your acts will bring you bad luck and misfortune. You will be forced to live by yourself, you will be made an outlaw, and I also curse you thus. You will always see before you these eyes of mine, and they will make your solitude unbearable, and this shall drag you to your death. As Glamour's final words echoed in the dark, Greta managed to rise, draw his sword, and cut off Glamour's head. He and the farmer quickly burned the body and gathered up the cold ashes in a skin and buried them in a place far away, in a place where no human or animal could ever reach them. The monster was dead and Greta was a hero. The farmer could return at the farm and work there peacefully and celebrate Christmas without worrying about the terrible terrors that lie in the night. People praised Greter for his strength and his courage, and he knew that he had no much in Iceland. For that fame, Greter paid a terrible price. If you want to hear the rest of the story of Greter the Strong, head over to the Human Circus podcast. You'll find a seven-part series that give you all the details. For now, I hope this story kept you warm in the shortest and coldest nights of the year. And I will be back on Christmas Day with a short fablio to help you digest all the cheese. Before you go, remember that the court jester is my labor of love. And if you like what you hear, please tell everyone you know. You can also support the podcast on Patreon and I have put links for everything in the show notes. Happy holidays, whatever it is you're celebrating, and thank you for listening. Until next time.